You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. guys and welcome to uh i don't know if i want to call it a new show or one-off i don't know we'll see what happens but um in response to you guys on the last uh the original gentleman episode where i said hey ask us your you know stuff for top five horror questions for the guys i was informed by the other guys on that show look we really haven't seen many horror films and I was like, really? Because I thought, like, no, it's and just not really. work with you? Yeah, well, they're like, one of them just has seen a lot but doesn't like horror. And the other one has seen a lot but only stuff from, like, the Universal and Hammer era. You but know, it's really. How do you, how do you see a lot of something that you don't like? I, that's well, because like, they're a film like, critic. It's like movies about nurses. I don't like movies about nurses, but I've watched a lot of movies right. about nurses. Well, they're a film critic, so okay. they've they at least they've seen a lot that have come out theatrically. Okay. Yeah, like they haven't they don't go to Fantastic Fest or South by to and specifically seek out the horror All like right. like you know you guys and me. By the way, you guys in question are the Summers Brothers here, Russ and Rob. Hello. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Special points if you can so, tell which yeah, one was which. You're gonna have to. Just, yeah, you're gonna. I'm, I'm Rob. I'm Russ. So the more handsome voice is Rob. <laughs> just if, you, if you need to distinguish. Yeah, your voice is slightly taller than that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, I've decided to call this one off Deliberations of Doom, which I actually am quite proud of. That needs theme music. It does need theme music. I might try and find something. But uh, we're kind of going from your questions that were top five. We're not really going to do it like break it down into five. We're just discussing each one of these questions. We're just going to knock right into this with one of the ones that was like... I felt like it was one of the easier questions, which was uh, top, basically top five comedy horrors. Uh, it says top five dark movies that mix comedy with the horrors. Well, I don't know why you didn't just say comedy horror, because that's the thing. Um, and they said, no gremlins or Beetlejuice. And I was like, well, I probably wouldn't have put those I two in my top either. anyway. But, like, I guess we'll just go around and pick a couple. I mean, the 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 obvious answer is obviously, most recently, is Shaun of the Dead, you know. Like, I, I, like, that's, yeah, so so in doing this, I think I tried to avoid some of the more obvious answers because okay. I feel like most people – now, we should definitely mention them, but Shaun of the Dead and Okay, so, so what the most obvious ones are. Yeah, Ghost any of the Evil Ghostbusters. I don't know if I even count that as comedy horror. It's so light on the horror, I don't even know if I would give it that many points. I will say that I was <laughs> mildly traumatized by the lady at the be- – the librarian at the beginning. Okay. That was so much horrifying. And the, the, the when it starts to get, you know, all dark in the sky and everything, mm-hmm. that was very scary to me as a kid. The sort of apocalyptic nature of it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, but, I guess there were parts that were kind of scary. The Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, like a, terrifying. Me, me making peace of the fact that, like, the idea of having sex with a possessed uh, Sigourney Weaver was doing strange I things to my groin. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Shaun of the Dead's kind of the king of that probably in the last... This century, I would say they just—that's almost a near-perfect movie for that—that—that that, that, that hybrid. For a movie that didn't make very much money, it's probably one of the biggest seen films and loved films by just your general populace. Right. You know, if you for haven't the comedy seen horror. it and you're a horror fan, even in the slightest, or yeah. you're a comedy fan, yeah, 
Um, or you're a zombie fan. Yeah. Uh, it's basically a must-see. Yeah. It's as good as, as any of those movies. And, you know, I mean, if we're just knocking out the obvious stuff, I'd say, as well, you got to knock out Cabin in the Woods, because that's one that everybody else is hyper-familiar with, too. Obviously, it wasn't on everybody's top yeah. list. Uh, I, I, it is comedy horror, although not very horrifying. Yeah. It's that's certainly got more horror in it than, uh, you know, Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was probably more scared in Ghostbusters than I was by anything. But I don't think scary is a requisite for it to be a horror film. Uh, no, it's not. It's yeah. not. And I think that's what made most of these lists kind of tricky is what defines a horror movie. Yeah. You know, because um, I think that through a lot of these, uh, you know, because one of the ones Russ and I picked um, was This is the End. Yeah, great I, choice. I think that it's got supernatural, it's apocalyptic, um, you know, there, there's some really scary, weird stuff. And, in yeah, it's sort of disturbing. There's look. demons, yeah. there's, yeah, and uh, there's cannibals, or, or are they cannibals? I think they're cannibals? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't remember, I don't remember at the end. Yeah, 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 they were. Yeah, yeah when, when what's-his-name decides to go yeah. full-blown apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, Danny, um, this Danny. is the end I would pick on there, uh, but um, that's one, and then... Uh, I don't know. Do you have another one? Because we have other ones on our list. Oh, I mean, like, I, I put together a list of a lot of maybes. I mean, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, I think, is an right. exceptional Tucker, a good one. example. Yeah, Tucker and Dale. That still a lot of people haven't actually seen. Um, and it's on freaking Netflix. It's, yeah, that's that one I put there. Yeah, that one's definitely um, with Cabin in the Woods and stuff. Not horror per se, but definitely take more of a satire of the genre itself. Yeah, those are, I mean, like, there's quite a few examples of that satires of the genre that are still kind of horror movies lately like the final girls mm -hmm. was one that was right, that way right. okay I didn't, even, yeah, I didn't even think about that one uh, uh, pr pretty good or was, yeah even severance i would say would count as one severance. of those severance so so let me ask you <laughs> do this. you remember that one i do remember severance. <laughs> so do you count satires as horror comedy uh, it depends the degree to which it's satire okay because like i mean like young frankenstein like i wouldn't it's young frankenstein i wouldn't horror comedy i wouldn't count that okay yeah because i don't think there's anything in i think every Everything in there, all of the horror elements are entirely there just to be satirical. Like, nothing has something where you go either ooh or ah, you know? I mean, like Tucker and Dale, I go, okay, there's plenty of big gross-outs in Tucker, versus, Tucker okay. and Dale versus Evil, which count. And even kind of scary at a, at a moment or two. Right. You know? Um, so, yeah, that's I guess that's my dividing line, that okay. it has to be at least... I feel like it has to have at least, like... Very straight up stuff you could see in an actual horror movie if everybody wasn't dealing with it differently. Right, right. Okay. So that was all right. And then, uh, and, okay. So what else do we pick here? And then, Russ, did you want to pick one from the list? Let's see. Uh, oh, John dies at the end. Oh yeah, I hadn't even thought about that one. Yeah. Yeah, which is basically uh uh, uh what's his name director um. Don Coscarelli. Yeah, Don Coscarelli. <laughs> Stereo! Don Coscarelli going, fuck you, Supernatural. I'm going to rip you off now. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. I, I I really enjoyed that one. I thought it was a, a, a really good adaptation. I thought uh, it had some really neat ideas. And, uh, you know, Paul Giamatti. Can't go wrong the with that. The one thing I wish for that film is they'd had just a little bit bigger of a budget. That was to, exactly what I was to say To make it. the CG not as absolutely horrendous as it is. I, it? I would say that pretty much about every Don Coscarelli movie yeah. ever, is that I wish they had a bigger budget yeah i i would agree with that on the Beastmaster too and this was the other pick um uh, uh john dies at the end slash bubba hotep okay which is a uh uh i think uh 
probably one of my favorite movies. And probably my favorite Don Coscarelli movie. Apologies to the Beastmaster. <laughs> I'm still Phantasm 1 guy. That's still my favorite. I'm a Phantasm 2 guy. Yeah. Phantasm 2 is, is there. Pretty, pretty 1 fantastic. and 2 is kind of interchangeable for me. They're both pretty great. They're almost the same. And then none of the rest of them are essential. Did you see Ravenger, by the way? I did. It okay, was unwatchable. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so I didn't want to go off on the tangent, but uh, Bubba Hotep, if you haven't seen that, uh, which is Bruce Campbell as uh, Elvis, who has lived and is now in retirement in a in hiding in a uh, nursing home in Nacogdoches, yeah. Texas. Yeah, and then is confronted by which cracks me up. It's Nacogdoches because it's written by Joe Lansdale, exactly. who lives in Nacogdoches. So uh, yeah, if you haven't, if you're not familiar with Joe Lansdale, we should rectify that. And if you haven't seen Boba Hotep, it is. I showed it to my ex girlfriend. Uh, she really had no idea what to make of it. Like, like she didn't know what she was getting into. She's like, well, whatever. You pick the movie. I don't care. <laughs> And so you do pick the movie, and then you roll the dice. And that was definitely one where I rolled the dice. And uh, it started out with a with a what the fuck is this? You know? Yeah. Because you really don't. It, in fact, watching it now, in some ways, it's not always a comedy. It's actually some dark sort of existential. I'm getting old. What does it all mean? Is life just sex and death and whatever? And then, meanwhile, it's Bruce Campbell doing Elvis. And um, by the end of the movie, she was totally in love with it. Just thought it was like funny and weird. It's and- so smart in its own totally offbeat way that, that that John F. Kennedy, he teams up with John F. Kennedy has been reincarnated into the body of an old black man somehow. Yeah. Played who, by the, the wonderful Ossie Davis. Yeah. The, the, who was totally in on it and the, goes 110. The sad, late Ossie Davis. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say those two John Coscarelli. And I would say though, but for both those movies, uh, Coscarelli does what he does best. I, I will say for movies with low budgets, he definitely makes them work. Yeah, yeah, because you—they are low budget. Yeah, yeah, like they are low budget. No movies. denying that. Um, the other one, Russ and I uh, talked a bunch about was uh, "Drag Me to Hell." Oh, really? Okay, because yeah. that's a controversial choice. A what lot do you of mean? whoa, a lot of people like, really Russ, hate. We, the, we dove right into controversial. A lot of people really care. hate that movie. I am not one of those people. Who, I actually really that like movie? that. It's you go on the internet and people are like, like go with the presumption that everyone wait a minute, hates wait a that minute. movie. People on the internet hate something. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, you know, I talk in a lot of you know, online film forums yeah. and stuff, and ge- generally really? speaking, when I see that movie brought up, it's in the terms of that wasn't a very good movie, which always surprised me because right when I saw it, I really liked it I, a lot. I am all the way in on that movie yeah i was over the moon yeah i thought it was a, a really great return to form for for sam raimi i, I thought so too what, what is the main complaints i you know i don't know I i've never like heard people... it they talk about it in a way like well we all know it was a bad movie as opposed to arguing about whether or not it was which always surprised me and i just felt like i'm gonna pick my battles and i'm not picking this one so so just to do we need to summarize what the movie is i, I don't know if uh like it's been long enough that i've seen it that maybe uh, you guys it better is, do uh, it uh allison Loman. Allison Loman in a Sam Raimi uh, return to form after he's been making, uh, for the love of the game in Spider-Man movies, makes this uh, kind of batshit uh, core comedy where she is a bank uh, loan officer who turns down a witch, and the witch curses her and says she's going to get dragged out, and then shit gets weird after that. And you, and you got Justin Long, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, which is, I mean, should sell most movies. Poor Justin here. Long. I feel like people who watch that movie are not probably fans of Sam Raimi who don't like it. Yeah, I feel that's got to be like, the it's case. It's like people who went in not... I, I don't I mean, understand, yeah, how you can be a fan of, like, Sam Raimi and not sort of get... Even if you don't think it's as good as some of his other movies, how you can't sort of 
get what he's I don't going know, it's for. It's just a weird blast like Evil Dead 2. So if you haven't seen that one, I would say seek it out and give it a shot. Yeah, I yeah. mean, if you're somebody who is an incredibly big fan of Evil Dead 2, then I don't understand why you would not like Drag Me to Hell. I, I don't either. Uh, it's filled with terrific visuals, uh, funny. A uh, really great seance sequence that goes completely out of control. Yeah, yeah uh, she gets attacked in a car. Oh, it's that's like this yeah. confined space where she's attacked by the old witch in the car, and it's it's crazy. There's a ruler, and it does the it. Evil Dead thing where it goes from sort of this horrific violence to sort of slapstick comedy, and then back again. Yeah, well, and uh, a movie that uh, does not pull punches with its uh, with its uh, third act. Oh no, it doesn't even slightly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you're easily grossed out by stuff, then maybe <laughs> that's not the movie for you. I mean, that's certainly splat stick. I yeah. would say, uh, as like I think the number to me the number one splatstick movie ever outside of maybe Evil Dead Two is Dead Alive by Peter Jackson. Okay, yeah, which I, I could barely get through Dead Alive. It, that is a movie that if you do not have a strong stomach and I do not, uh, that one I, I see. I'm a gore got. hound except for when it comes to fingernails and teeth being pulled out. That's the one part where I go, okay, looking away. That's where Chris draws the line. Yeah, but I had the, no uh, problems with Dead Alive. I was like, are, are we it, counting that as sort of a horror comedy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, a horror comedy. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of was, I could barely get to the, uh, once there's pus and food, I, I, I kind of, oh, that's one of the grossest scenes yeah, ever. But it's right one now. of those, like, it's so gross, but it's like, drawing room I, I comedy. Can, I, I can't even, I can barely talk about that. I remember right watching that in the theater. Everybody was laughing and gagging and it's, turning away. Oh and like, God. it was this perfect audience reaction. Uh, yeah, that, that one is, uh, and also, uh, the Frighteners. Yeah. For yeah. Comedy. Yeah, absolutely. I was, that's one of those movies. I'm like, why isn't there a TV series based off that? You know, but they're making watch, TV shows out of all that. these movies. I'm like, that would make a perfect TV show. It really would. Yeah. Uh, Frighteners, uh, was that, 96? Uh, Michael J. Fox is a guy who... Uh, a Ghostbuster, basically. Yeah, comes who, but who, who can actually see a few ghosts and then comes across real. Yeah, like, he, like, he works as a Ghostbuster, basically, but... It's all a con, except not how you'd expect, because he can see ghosts, but he generally only sees the ghosts who are his buddies who right. work who work with him, and he they go and haunt the place. He comes in and exercises them, and then he gets paid. And then he encounters a yeah. real bad, like grim. Yeah. Jake ghost. Busey. Yes, which is horrifying in and of itself. <laughs> yes, so. it is. Uh, I, I definitely am a, a sort of underrated, almost forgotten movie. Uh, and considering only, it's the movie right before he does the Lord of the Rings, yeah, before movie. Peter Jackson. Does oh, I thought he- Heavenly Creatures was the movie right before. No, no. Heavenly was Creatures was the one he did before the Frighteners. Okay, I thought it was the other way around. I, yeah. I don't remember. Offhand. So well, um, I think we've all learned a valuable lesson. I think we have. But just trust the Summers brothers. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, um, uh, definitely a movie that I really loved, and I think kind of a more poltergeistish kind of fun movie. Yeah. Than like Dead Alive, Dead Alive which is pretty uh, aggressively crazy. Uh, more of a neato, produced by Robert Zeme- uh, Robert Zemeckis, right? Yeah, the Dead Alive. I love Dead Alive, but it's almost endurance splatstick. It is not a film I would share with a lot of people unless they're already into that. Unless you like, can do you have a strong stomach for gore? I, but I, and I don't mean like hostile too, because it's not like that. Like yeah. none of the gore in it is like terribly overwhelmingly it's not disturbing. It's gross out. It's just it's just gross out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's goopy. They, yeah, there's a lawnmower involved. Yeah, so there is. Um, um, I, I have to throw in what may be the first really, truly great horror comedy of the modern age, which is An American Werewolf in London. Okay. I mean, Which can't. is such a masterpiece in every way. And that's one I'd say is more horror than comedy. Yes. But 
and you know, God, the werewolf transformation scene is still. I mean, that movie was made in what eighty two or something That's like that. 80. That was still. That scene is still the defining special effect werewolf transformation scene. I have never the, seen one better than that. I don't think there's one that, that even comes close. No, I don't think there is either. And also, a, a really unique movie in terms of structure and ideas, mm-hmm. and and what he thought of for the werewolf mythology, mm-hmm. like all those kinds of ideas in there. And I think it it has sort of this reputation as a comedy if you watch it you, you really don't get that at all i mean it's there in in several points like the whole concept that everyone who has died from the werewolf like his, his best friend griffin dunn uh, or is griffin dunn him i can't remember no griffin dunn, griffin is, dunn is, is the ghost it's, yeah uh, it's uh, comes the back. dr pepper guy yeah yeah uh and anyone he's killed once he's become a werewolf they come back but they act just like people except they're like oh you should really kill yourself you're just going to murder more people they got it's intelligence. awful <laughs> yeah. um it, uh, that is a really unique film and i think um uh, Landis never made anything else quite like it, and he brought the sort of he brought that sort of humor that he finds in um, in uh, you know any other movie that he kind of did, but but he attaches it to an actual horror movie, and probably I don't know that there's a werewolf movie that's as good that I like as much there's, yeah as American Werewolf in London. I, I think like it's terrific, and the wolf the wolf sequences are. I don't think of Landis as a particularly visual director. Yeah. But the wolf sequences are spectacular. And he has the scene where you finally see the wolf at the bottom of the stairwell. And it's it's amazing. And you're... It won an Oscar for Best Effects, I yeah, believe. Was it that did. Was it Rob Botton? I think it's it's Rick Baker. Is it Rick Baker? Yeah. You're right. It's Rick Baker. It's a really... But it's a really neat film. And I think um, he had a lot of great ideas, like you said, like with the mythology mm-hmm. of... Um, you know, and and he has the nightmares of like Nazi werewolves, like showing yeah, up with his weird mouth. stuff. Yeah, it's it's really it's a it's really terrific film. Odd that the humor in it should not work with the horror mm-hmm. at all because they're so when it gets to be comedy, it's almost totally absurd. Yeah, it's anachronistic. It's more surreal, or- and the horror is truly horrifying and bloody and dark. And there's I it baffles me that film works as well as it does, but it does. It, it fits together perfectly. And it has a, a really dark ending. Yes, it does. It, it, and almost unapologetic. Well, you, you, there's two ways to go with a werewolf film, and the other way never works. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, yeah, I would put that one up there. As far as horror comedies, that one is definitely uh, unique. Okay. Trendsetter. And then the next one I would say... Wait, uh, are we about to move on? I, I was going to say, like, go, go. Let's list out quickly whatever okay. was the remainders uh, on our I list. I had, um, I wanted to mention uh, quickly a film probably most people are not familiar with, which is Dia de la Bestia. Oh, uh, Day of the Beast, yeah. Day of the Beast, because uh, because the actual question was dark horror, horror like dark yeah. with comedy, which is definitely like American Werewolf in London. But this one, um, if no one has seen it, it's Alex Dale Glacier. He's pretty hit or miss. I, I adore him even when he misses. Though. Okay, he like because you're like for it. like witching and bitching. You go, this is not a good movie, but there's so much wonderful stuff in it anyway. He's definitely a go for broke director, yeah. and uh, he's filled with ideas. Uh, but uh, basically, about the end of the world, uh, hard to find. I don't know if it's really available for people to even. It needs a really great re-release. I'm kind of surprised. Baffles like, me. Shout or somebody, or that, or the movie he did right before it, uh, Action Mutante. Action. Has never gotten a really nice release that I'm aware of, and I, they're both really great these are, sort I mean, of horror these are comedies. I probably watched on VHS, but Day of the Beast, basically, uh, a, a, almost like Carpenter esque uh, film about um, a priest, a horror, um, uh, like a, a, a heavy metal fan of horror, and a um, a TV show uh, myth debunker, yeah, a team up. 
to stop the end of the world because the, this priest has translated the, the Bible and realized that the devil is coming at the... Uh, yeah, the, one uh, of the greatest day. first deaths in a horror movie ever, yeah. where literally the giant Truly crucifix in his abbey yeah. just falls on him and yeah. kills him. I was like, uh, that was funny. Filled with terrific stuff and probably one of the best seance sequences where they attempt to conjure the devil. Uh, just a really memorable sequence. So I don't know. I mean, it's but it's funny. It's got a lot of a lot of weird sense of humor to it and stuff. So um, I, a, a hybrid movie you should definitely check out. Anyways, yeah. So we should we should pick what's next. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm just gonna run down just the other ones that we've got to mention. I'll get yelled at is uh, what we do in the shadows. I thought it was terrific. Uh-huh. Even though that's definitely falls on the. This is mainly a comedy. Yeah. But there's a lot of horror aspects to it. Uh, Return of the Living Dead, which is a great fifty fifty one comedy yeah. horror, and one of the and is the movie that started the zombies eat brains thing. George Romero did not begin that. that. It was Return of the Living Dead. Yes. Uh, I was going to mention Feast. Feast is a good one, kind yeah. Of a fun B-movie. Not so good much the sequels, but the first didn't, one. Didn't see the sequels, yeah. A, yeah you, That's probably why. They're well skipped. I still, I still hold it. <laughs> you, by, by the time you finish the Feast, you're like, you don't want anymore. That's good. You're like, that was good, but that's enough. Right. <laughs> um, and then Tremors, of course. Of yes. course. Yeah, you know, the Graboids, come on. Okay. Did <laughs> they actually call them that in the movie? Uh, yes, I believe they did. Okay. I'm not entirely sure. Well, All let's right. move on to the next one, which was much more fun to research, uh-huh. which was top five of best sex scenes in a horror film. Okay. Now, there's two types of sex scenes in a horror film. Right. There are ones where you're talking about, oh, that actually is a hot scene mm-hmm. in a horror film. Uh, which I, I would say, that even though it's got horror stuff it, during it, I would say Angel Heart is the one, the ultimate one for that for yeah. me. With, with uh, what's-her-face being just co- being covered with blood as she's having sex with the main character. Mickey Rourke. Yes. Uh, but then there's the other one, which is something... J- it's really disturbing as fuck shit that either happens in the middle of a sex scene or just the nature of the sex scene in right. and of itself. Which so, so this this whole topic was super uh, minefieldy for me. <laughs> I'm trying to be, uh, I'm trying to be, especially with all this crazy stuff for like Trump <laughs> stuff. I really want to be a woke dude and uh, and be careful. I, I, our thing when we looked at this was, um, it, it, I wanted it to be make sure that it was consensual sex or something. So Rosemary's Baby's like out. <laughs> Although I, you know, because but I think um, so. The first one we looked at was uh, I thought that was because well the first so the first kind you're talking about don't look now, which yeah. is a bu- an amazing sex scene, probably one of the most famous sex scenes in movies. It, it is Donald Sutherland and Julie Christie. Julie Christie, Christie get right. it on, uh, and it, it, it's a genuinely is, hot sex. Yeah, scene. and apparently rumor was they're really getting it on. Uh, it it is filmed pretty realistically. I can't mm-hmm. say, but it's intercut with them getting dressed and then. Making love and and but the you know it's in the middle of this really scary movie or whatever. If you haven't seen it, that's we'll get to that one later. But uh, that one and then the next one uh, I had to pick was Bride of Chucky. Oh, bro, Jesus! You yeah, know, I forgot about that the, one. Yeah, Chucky gets some um, on the dolls. Get it on to Bride of Chucky and it has one of my favorite lines ever in a movie, which is she says, "Do you have a rubber?" And he goes. I'm all rubber, baby. <laughs> uh, so, Brad and Chucky, what other ones did you pick? Uh, well, I had just, I had forgotten about this one, but in Hatchet 2, there's a scene where A.J. Bowen is having sex with a girl doggy style, and he gets 
chainsawed like in half while like brutally like you know gore everywhere like not a movie for the faint of heart to watch and the girl he you know he's like shaking and the girl just thinks like oh yeah like this is great he's fucking me oh harder and God. it's really disturbing and funny at the same time okay yeah. hatchet yeah. too yeah hatchet too for that uh, and plus uh, you know shout out to hatchet too. <laughs> shout out to AJ Bowen who's who's not only a ho- sort of a horror scream king these yeah. days but also is just a solid dude oh right on yeah really right, nice well. guy I'm sorry to hear you got about his chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. um, um, I also was going to mention um, the scene in The Shining with the dude in the bear suit. Oh, Jesus. That little shot in the window where he, the dude in the bear suit giving a blowjob to yeah, a guy. It's, it's a, it's possibly, yeah, one of the most memorable shots ever in movie history. Uh, that scene gives, that scene flips me out like every time I see it. All happens. that like tiny shot is so much Part, a tiny part of a much bigger thing in the book mm-hmm. where they expand on that and the weird sex stuff going but, on considerably. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I think it's probably even scarier for me is because I have no context. There's no pre-warning. All of a sudden, you're just looking at this furry. Like, <laughs> going down and you're like, what's that? And it's sh- in the middle of a, a sequence that has nothing to do with it. Yeah. yeah. It's just, they don't set it up or anything. It's just, whoa. So yeah, I gotta, I gotta throw that one out as far as like, Totally sex scene that scares the fuck out of me. Like, uh, I uh, say not scary, but essential is the reanimator with uh, the sequence where the guy, once they've, they've cut off his head and then reanimated him in his head, and he's got, unlike the other zombies, a bit of, like, cognition, and he's tied down the, uh, oh, I'm forgetting the woman's name, classic. Uh, uh, Barbara uh, shit! I, I know. Yeah, Barbara Crane. I even know her. She's so sweet. She's okay. a wonderful lady. Oh, uh, I, you may have to keep me around so I can tell you what her name is. She's uh, yeah, I know. Uh, she's tied to the table, and he eats her out. Performs oral sex on her by by holding his own head up to her vagina to, to do yeah. it. That's like. I'm sorry, you're gonna have a hard time beating that for sex. We should just we should just end this topic right yeah. now. No, and on that note, that one is definitely. Uh, that one, that one, that one works on many levels. Um, I uh, picked uh, uh, Cabin Fever. As okay, well. that's I've uh, seen that on a lot of people's lists. Yeah, uh, definitely. Um, where uh, uh, who is the guy? Is it is it Boy Meets World? Is it who's is it the guy? Who, is it uh, Ryder Strong? Is it Ryder Strong? Yeah, finally hooks up with uh, the really cute. Um, what's your face? What's your name? Is it Jordan Ladd. Jordan Ladd. Finally hooks up with her, gets his hands on her pants, and realizes that the flesh-eating bacteria has uh, gotten her. So you know how you're talking about how, like, you can barely think about yeah. the scene from Dead Alive because it just starts yeah. you make the shudder? I'm that way with that scene. Yeah. Where I just uh, like, oh, oh, no, yeah, don't let it uh, in your head. It's, it was hard because it starts out pretty sexy, and then it goes there, and the whole movie kind of takes off from there where it gets just, uh, uh, like, really... That and the sequence with the girl shaving her legs and just shaves her skin off. Both those, like, I just yeah. don't even like thinking about them. Cabin Fever is... Uh, Cabin Fever is definitely one that gives you uh, the willies. Yeah. So. Uh, Do we have any other ones you want to mention? Yeah, actually, there are several, two of which I feel like are genuinely sexy and disturbing at the same time. One is the sex scene between um, Debbie Harry and uh, what's-his-face from... James Woods. James Woods from Videodrome. I actually went made a point of going back and rewatching it even, going like, well, let's see, because I don't know if for sure I want to put this on my list, but it's like... 
it's not really horror when it's happening. I mean, they're making like sort of gentle sex, yeah. and then he starts piercing her ears while he's fucking her. Like, you know, he's got a cork and does. everything, yeah. you know, with blood streaming down her face and everything. And it's like, you know, it's very consensual. It is kind of hot, the whole thing. You're like, it's a really odd and very David Cronenberg y sex David scene. Cronenberg. But it's not like she suddenly turns into a giant mouth or something and eats him. Can we just, can we just, should we just like go all David Cronenberg? Should we just like. <laughs> You like, could easily, mostly, yeah. Um, uh, and then I was gonna throw Cemetery Man. There's just a really hot sex scene in there. God, I don't but, even remember. Is there? Yeah, between the the, the oh, uh, that sh- yeah, the woman yeah, in there is beautiful. The woman was like that was the thing about that movie. Right off the bat, you're like, who is that? Yeah, she's just like got this weird unearthly beauty. Yeah, super hot Italian and then a Rupert Everett strangely yes <laughs> you know, yes like, Rupert Everett good flick I really enjoyed Cemetery back when he was very uh, good looking sort of leading man stuff Anna Fauci is her name okay but yeah the love scene between the two of them is like that's good stuff. super hot and then also it's, it's super hot and it's gothic creepy at the same time like had to be mentioned that's how you do it <laughs> yeah um I, I'm trying to think of, there are a couple others that just I can never get out of my head like Keanu Reeves being attacked Sexually by the the fem- Monica Bellucci and the female vampires in Dracula. That's a good one. Where she, that's a good one. they basically n- blood starts spurting out of his nipples and they're drinking it. You're is like, how, I'm not is that sure. How it works? Yeah, I don't wow. think that's actually how it works, but it, it is kind of like hot in its way. Um, and then, uh, um, oh yeah, uh, uh, the Belial sex scene from the Basket Case series. I'm not familiar with that one. Yeah, I think it's. Three, he they hook him up with another female Belial, and it's a full-on sex scene where he's just pounding away at this other one, and you're like, "What is happening?" So the basket right case now? creature gets it on with the with a different basket. Yeah, case. while the other guy is having sex with a woman, or about to have sex with wow. a woman who he thinks is a normal woman. Wow! But then, like, she's like, "Oh well," and she opens her chest, and she's got this thing living inside of her. Wow! Yeah. It's creepy. And Chris, possibly the only person I know in my life who's seen Basket Case 3. <laughs> uh, it is it is a thing that exists that I've seen. <laughs> I've seen it twice. Wow. I've seen it twice. <laughs> he went all in. Yeah. He doubled down on the Basket Case It was case so three. good, I watched it again. Uh, just in terms of stuff to look out for, there's a movie played Fantastic Fest this year called The Untamed, where I don't even know how to explain what happened per se. I'm guessing something doesn't get tamed. No. Um, there's people who live in a farmhouse have this thing, and it's not clear where they got it from. It's like a tentacly, slimy alien thing. But they people keep coming to the house specifically to fuck this thing. And the thing is, and like, there's like this really crazy. That's not st- where I saw you going. And it's it's story. a practical effect too. So there's a scene where like this girl is fucking this thing and really getting off on it, and it's like everywhere. I mean, it's like just curling around every loop and like going in and out of her all her orifices. And, and they, it's a practical effect. Yeah. I don't think I'm gonna be saying that. It's 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 actually a decent movie, but like it's talk about your like horror How sex scenes. How did the scenes. audience dig it? I don't know. Okay. I, I, it's hard. No one was making any sound. <laughs> you can only imagine. <laughs> anyway, uh, did y'all have anything else you wanted to mention no, on that time? that one. All right, let's go. Uh, most disturbing endings to horror films. So, so again, um, disturbing is one of these things that Russ and I always find tricky with horror movies because I think people for Russ and I. Horror movies should be scary, or there should be dread, or um, uh, uh, those kind of emotions. And I feel like sometimes people confuse the part where it's just disturbing mm-hmm. or upsetting with it actually being scary. 
Um, Agreed. So, uh, so this was kind of tricky. Um, I would say the Russ and I looked at ones where you were just like, "Oh wow, sh- shit went bad" or whatever. You know, um, I would say first up one we picked was Rosemary's Baby, mm-hmm. where you you just I I don't know how much we want to spoil anything, but I'll just say that the end of that movie is not where you were thinking it was going to go, or you would hope it would go. Well, that unless you are familiar with the everyone right. knowing what Rosemary's Baby is. Right. The point um, is that I think it's actually an expression for something else now. Sure. <laughs> it's so well known. Uh, you know? Yes, that one really, that one really always, every time I watch <laughs> it, uh, I can barely, uh, it's really, I'm like, wow, this is this is where it went. So I would say Rosemary's Baby. Uh, what, which, what are the ones that you have? Um, I, and I know people argue back and forth about whether or not this is a horror movie, and I fall on the side that it absolutely is, and that's Seven. Uh, I think that ending of Seven is maybe the most disturbed I've ever felt in any movie ever. I would totally agree that that is a seminal movie-going moment for me. Just uh-huh. that ending was just... I just was so, sort of floored, and I couldn't believe I was watching it in a movie. Oh, yeah. I was. My jaw was on the floor. Right. I sat there through the whole credits, like, incapable of movement. Just like, what the yeah. fuck? It just... was definitely... I remember seeing it. Everybody had this... I called it the Seven Stare. Yeah. And when you walk out, you're like, I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> well, especially because the rest of the movie was already uh, pretty disturbing. Yeah, right? and it... it Amped it up to a degree you didn't think even that movie would be willing to go to. It, it really, and I, I always tell people that it, it's sort of the reason it's so disturbing to me is because you've seen so many films that sort of build to a climax, literally almost exactly like that, but that they twisted it in, in a really simple way, and it just you just couldn't believe it. You just didn't feel safe in the movie theater. Yep, you, you were so upset by it. Did you want to pick another one? Uh, I was going to say, and I guess we could, as we were talking about earlier with the, uh, you could just go all in with Cronenberg. Uh, <laughs> I was going to, my, my first one would be The Brood. Yeah. Very which disturbing. I, I found an incredibly uh, disturbing ending, probably the last 10 minutes of the one movie. One of the most underrated David Cronenberg films. I think so too. I, th- I think it's among his very best, and a lot of people who consider themselves Cronenberg fans haven't even watched it. It's a. Uh, not an easy movie, no. I would say as well, but also has some of his most uh, really fascinating Cronenbergian creations. Yeah, for body horror, yeah. it is like one of his more elaborate films. Do you guys want to summarize it briefly? I, is there? Yeah, it's like a, like it. the guy whose wife is at like a fer, uh, fertilization clinic, I believe, uh, and then it turns out that this guy, this clinic, is using people to birth these weird little monsters. Which are going around killing people. Yeah. It, I, I, you know what? The movie actually more, does a really good job explaining it better than, it, than we would. The thing is, because like, like, that sounds like any given... That doesn't sound like that crazy of a horror film. It sounds like, oh, it just sounds like something I'd you know see in a red box or something. But the subtext is what gets you mm-hmm. <laughs> in yes. that film where you get really creeped out. Uh, also, uh, Dead Ringers, which is especially okay. creepy for the Summers Brothers. Yeah, as, that's as another points. one. I'm like, I'm not even sure if that's a horror movie or not. Right. It's on the verge of not being a horror. And it's movie. the that's Cronenberg ha- definitely has that feel to so many of his movies, where you're like, is this really? Which genre is this? Yeah. But uh, I feel like creepy enough that I, I would I would put it under the horror uh, genre. And then uh, of course, The Fly. Oh yeah, the end yeah. of The Fly is that was definitely one that was like a gut punch. 
Yeah, no, no quite That whole film, I mean, and that's just, that's the defining Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis movie. They were so great together that they actually got married. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, some could argue that Earth Girls Are Easy is the defining Jeff I don't Goldblum think anyone has ever All argued right. that. An <laughs> argument could be made, but it won't be here <laughs> Not on here. this podcast. What was your, what, what was your next one? Uh, Sleepaway Camp. Ah, yeah. yeah. I had to go yeah. there because that I yeah. I didn't see that coming. If you have not seen Sleepaway Camp, I, do you think it's more predictable now? You might see well, it Well, yeah, it's not as big a deal now anyway. I don't think you can see it coming at all. I mean, I rewatched it not that long ago. I was like, yeah, there's nothing here to lead you down the path of thinking this is where it's going to go. And it's a cheap effect shot and it's kind of a, a cheap gag in and of itself but you so don't see it coming and it's such an odd thing i mean if you get a chance google sleepaway camp ending <laughs> it's on youtube it's just that i i can but picture I think, perfectly I think what makes it disturbing is your investment prior to the ending yeah that you've been watching this whole movie and you're like what yeah what's happening it was yeah. one of those movies that when when kids who had seen it and on cable or something talked about it, I didn't believe it was real. Yeah. I thought they were just joking with me. I was like, that's not the real ending to a movie. Um, I got to say Night of the Living Dead, quite frankly, because especially when that came out, I mean, to have this story where not only does everyone die in it, spoiler, <laughs> yeah. but like the main character who you really become attached to and are like, this is a, he's a good man and he's dealing with a lot of pricks in a survival situation and he's made it and you've got this gasp of relief only to have a bunch of rednecks to shoot him and throw him on a bonfire. It's a, it's a disruptive, upsetting ending. It is. Yeah. Very disturbing. Again, that film still is so ahead of its time in almost every aspect. Oh, I couldn't agree more. It's funny. Uh, we were just reviewing The Earth Dies Screaming, which is an old uh, British film from, uh, and I'm blanking on his name, famous, really famous British director. Um, yeah. Blanking on his name. If I said it, you'd be like, oh, yeah. Uh, but it's there's a lot of Night of the Living Dead there. And I was like, I wonder which one of these was made first. I actually don't oh, know. Wow. You know? I'll have to put that on the list. Um, I love the name. Yeah. Uh, I picked uh, a movie I don't know that Russ has seen, but uh, the French uh, film Them. I haven't seen that. I've always seen that on okay, lists. So on my own. Um, wow, <laughs> that's too bad. Okay, so basically it's very similar to The Strangers in that a couple is uh, in a French countryside is terrorized by an unknown group of people. And the end, uh, if you have not seen the film, um, it is not a happy ending, but I was, I, I was, I couldn't get it out of my head. Like I just, oh, it, it's a very small... Uh, twist, but it was it was genuinely terrifying and, and disturbing. Yeah, I've so. been meaning to see that forever. Wow, that's crazy. Just haven't gotten around uh, to cool. it. Cool. Uh, kind of uh, <laughs> really got to stick with it, but uh, really just a, a neat uh, home invasion attack film, and then and then the end sort of doesn't pull any punches. What were you gonna pick? Uh, uh, Fallen, actually. Fallen. I I'm Denzel Washington. People movie? either love that movie and it's like one of their favorites, or they're like, I don't see what anybody likes about this. I fall on the first camp. I love every frame of that film, wow. and the ending is so like, holy shit! Like you just, it's just not, especially for a big Hollywood release like that. And the fact that a lot of it is kind of an action thriller, yeah. you're like, I did not think they were gonna go there. Wow! <laughs> uh, another Gregory Hoblet uh, twist ending. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and just like nothing, I can't even listen to the Rolling Stones song anymore. Really, time is on my side. It oh, just that was makes my favorite me parts that they kept playing. Think immediately of that sequence where he's just going from body to body really quick, walking by right. Denzel Washington on the street, like time touch. 
I'm his aunt touched yeah. my side. If you haven't, that, that's probably the best <laughs> sequence in the movie. Um, wow, I, I don't remember being disturbed by it, but I thought it was kind of a little clever ending. Oh, it, it, it really haunted me. Um, well, uh, one that uh, Russ and I uh, uh, picked was um, Don't Look Now, which we already mentioned earlier. Yeah. If you haven't seen that, uh, probably one of the most indelible endings to a movie I've ever seen. Like just, just literally sit up in your seat. Yeah, you just, <laughs> you can tell, even Dario Argento had to rip it off. Yeah, well. Wow. So, so, I mean, <laughs> it's just, it's so good and so, such a gut punch of an ending. I it's just, always been weird that that film in particular has never really become, gotten into Americans' awareness as much as it is with Britain. In Britain, that's like, yeah, that's one of the greatest horror movies ever made. In America, nobody's seen it. Like outside yeah. of film critics, yeah, <laughs> yeah, hardcore just, horror buffs. Not, I don't know. I think it's because it's one of these films that it, 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 you're not always sure what movie you're watching. Is, mm. this, is this a supernatural film? Is this like uh, like a, a drama about a couple dealing with grief? What is it? It's all those things. But the ending is one of the best payoffs I've ever seen in a movie, and it is. It's so. It's like the red wedding sequence or something. Like you're just so like thrown by it, you don't even know how to sort of deal with it. I just, <laughs> that one, that one killed me. I think I was half asleep as we were watching it, and I remember that, and I was like wide awake at the end of the movie. <laughs> what? Um, I and the mist actually. Ah, I, so that mist. was on our list because that's one of those ones we're all like, okay, well the book never ended, so what are you gonna do? And, and they, they found an ending that was, I thought perfect for it and it was one of those like it didn't disturb me as much because i was like this is exactly what i wanted this film to do i i love the idea so the like summers brothers have got to disagree with you i, oh. well, it's, I can't tell am i disturbed by the ending because it is genuinely disturbing in 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 the sense of the the story or was i disturbed by it because i just hated it so much i really <laughs> i felt you know um uh we were discussing last night uh uh books that are better there are movies that are better than the books and um i remember the miss short story is terrific if you haven't read it, it's one of stephen king's better ones and the last paragraph is one of my favorite paragraphs that he ever wrote in a book i remember my friend telling me you got to finish you got to finish the last the end and it's this sort of beautiful sad hopeful ending and that's why watching that movie really upset me because that is the opposite opposite ending to the movie the rest of it i thought was a pretty good adaptation mm -hmm. but it, he is a completely different ending and as you said in the book it's more ambiguous it's more this sort of what what will tomorrow bring but, but even king has said i really wanted an ending i didn't feel like it was done you know so i was I and, and that he was really glad they came up with something and like well, stephen king is just wrong <laughs> <laughs> well he is about a lot of stuff look at him going the shining is a terrible adaptation of my book is, i'm gonna make a tv miniseries i agree with you that it's disturbing but i still feel like it's a cheap <laughs> yeah uh work for me but maybe that's because i love the whole cthulhu takes over the world conceit you right know? <laughs> right and but, but i feel like you could have had that and not had that particular ending what happens to those characters it, i i know what you mean i like it because it's just that ironic gut punch you know it, it's just it's it is it might be one of the biggest middle fingers to the audience uh -huh. i've ever seen in a movie yeah i'd agree with that um and just to, to roll out as we finish this topic you know psycho obviously you got to throw that in there yeah, even though we choice. all know what happened at the time it was absolutely shocking to the entire world it's still something crazy the, the way it's shot and, yeah. and it's still even if you know it's coming yeah. uh i would say uh chainsaw massacre 
Oh, most disturbing ending, you think? I was really... I'm unnerved by the ending of that movie. I'm just... She gets away, she's screaming, he's there in the... In the chainsaw dance. It always... I'm like... There's... there's, And I guess because there's sort of... There's no resolution to it. Yeah. I mean, she sort of escapes, but that's not really how... You you don't feel relief. There's no catharsis. And and sort of his, his weird chainsaw spinning dance thing, it just... I, I just didn't even know what to make of it. Uh, when we talked about last night, uh, Prince of Darkness. Yes. Prince of Darkness. Wonderful, creepy um, as hell ending. A movie that's hard to shake if you really get in on its level. It's just, it's hard to walk away from. Yeah. So, just like feeling like, oh, I don't feel okay about all this. <laughs> no, you definitely don't. You're yeah. like, what did I just see happen? Right. But I... I, I I find that I really enjoy movies that have that give you just enough of an ambiguous ending that you can really start to piece together your own story. I get mad at movies when it's ambiguous, but they give you nothing at all right. or, or get, throw something that makes so little sense. You're just like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, that's 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 unfair. I think Russ Russ's description is always my favorite, which is um, the movie is over, but you you. The story doesn't end. Yeah. And I think that's always like a nice feeling as you walk out of the movie. You kind of keep making the movie in your head. Yeah. And uh, Prince of Darkness is definitely one of those where the ending is, ooh, it's not it's not happy. Anyways, I don't know what other ones you're going to mention. Oh, Angel Heart for sure. Like really yeah. super, yeah. super disturbing, dark and upsetting ending. That Like I can't believe I didn't see the twist coming when I saw it, but I was like – 15 or something. Nowadays, I, I think you're more likely to, to guess it. Yeah. But but at the time, I didn't. It was and it, way... There was nothing It's like been it ripped off so many times. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then The Ring, The American Ring, I thought actually did a really solid job with the whole reveal of, like, you know, this whole... Because... And nobody else really has done that since what they did with it. They all do the, oh, we need to piece together the puzzle to figure out what the ghost needs. But nobody does the, oh, we did all that. Fuck, that was the last thing in the world we should have done. <laughs> Even better than that, I think, is their response to it, which implies that um, they're going to keep spreading the horror yeah. in order to protect themselves. <laughs> yeah, they choose to, like, yeah, they choose to pass it on. Right. Yeah. Uh, what about, uh, well, okay, go ahead. Uh, and just the last one I was going to say was, and it's not really disturbing other than, I know a lot of people who were mad at it. I laughed for like 10 minutes straight at the end of April Fool's Day, the old 80s movie, because the movie's warning you the whole time and then in the end literally the whole movie was all these people's friends playing an april fool's day joke right. nobody died right and i was like that's the biggest fuck you to the audience ever but it was also an awesome april fool's day joke yes that one is uh, <laughs> i don't know about disturbing i don't know but it was very disturbing to some slasher fans that i know and <laughs> they were disturbed they were disturbed that they had spent that time and, in and i theater. would just like to say if anyone plays that joke on me we're not going to be friends anymore. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll tune. Uh, I'm going to put out the next day the second half of this, so that you guys get two different podcasts and you oh. don't get exhausted by just one. All right. So, thanks for listening.